You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. And now our feature presentation. To a precious few it was a paradise. A haven from the hectic pace of the real world. To others it was a nightmare. Nothing on this quaint island is as it seems. Beneath the tranquil lull of the ocean and the beautiful gardens, Dr. Nathaniel Lothman carved out a project based on Dr. Sam Beckett's theories on time travel. Hungry for the power to reform history to his own liking, Dr. Lothman integrated himself into the project and became Lothos. As his staff worked to his ultimate goal, their lives are held in the balance. Still vigilant to be who they are in a complex where danger lurks around every corner, their secrets lie buried and passions rest dormant. But for how long? Last time on Quantum Retribution. The only exception to the no speaking rule, and it is just for this break, is if you decide to go for coffee or for something to eat. In those instances only, you may speak to order. Lothus will monitor you closely for any infraction beyond this once only allowance. Any questions? Good. At least there's nobody here to get their nose out of joint if I don't talk to them. Hey, Vaughn. Little Ippy. My usual. And keep it coming. Coffee. Black. Hi. What can I get you? Coffee. Hazelnut. You want me to keep it coming? And do you want anything else? Yes and no. You'll be okay, Tala. You're in the infirmary. You just went through correction, and are in recovery now. Correction? Recovery? Tala? No. No, that's not me. But... But I know you. You're JC. Yeah, that's right. She's resting, Dr. Grant. But I think she may be suffering some temporary hysterical amnesia due to her correction. It happens. I'll keep an eye on her. That's not really necessary, Dr. Grant. She's Dr. Hugan's patient. Damn it to hell, Olivia. I've already been written up three times. I don't need a fourth. And I definitely don't want to mess with you. (sighs) Very well. You take care of her. I've got rounds to make. Keep Tala warm and quiet. I also want her checked on about every 20 minutes for the first hour. Let's make sure she's not having any problems with her breathing. Uh, and if if Dr. Grant offers his services, decline them. Is there a problem here, Dr. Grant? Olivia. Unless you want to wind up in traction for the next week, Dr. Grant, you'll get yourself back in that office and keep as much distance between you and this particular bed as possible while Miss Lotherman occupies it. Stay away from Tala, Edward. 
You don't know enough about her to know what you're letting yourself in for. It appears that I've interrupted a makeup session. Perhaps I should come back in, say, 15 minutes? Uh, I... That uh, won't I, uh... be necessary, sir. Mr. Conroy's abrupt actions will not occur again if I have anything to do with it. If it's acceptable to you, sir, I could get dressed in something more appropriate and cook breakfast for us all. Very well. Shower and dress. Then prepare breakfast. Make it a damn short inquisition, pal. I- I've now got about seven minutes to dress and get back. Back where? Oh, in that case, talk fast. What, who, when, blah, 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 blah. In other words, what happened? All right. After you left, Siren had a diabetic seizure, which brought Dr. Hugan rushing in to rescue her. After that, I caught it from both Hugan and Lothus. And then Lothus sends me to correction. Uh, anyway, after seven hours in correction, with Mara wielding the whip, she paraded me through the halls to Siren's quarters. What? Oh, you heard me. So let's just say that last night was one I don't care to repeat again for as long as I live. <laughs> Buddy, you majorly screwed the pooch, didn't you? <laughs> Last night? Mmm. Was she that bad? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Alan, eat dirt, then go to work. I better get a move on. Lock the door on your way out, pal. Showering quickly, she stepped out and dried her body off, being careful of the glass shard still firmly embedded in her foot. She dressed in the clothes that she had brought into the bathroom with her, then brushed her wet hair out and put it into a clip behind her head. Opening the bathroom door, she was a bit surprised to find Xavier standing there. Excuse me, sir. How would you like your eggs, sir? The usual is fine, Siren. Scrambled eggs, bacon, and wheat toast. It's good to see you take orders so well, Mr. Conroy. Um, please, sit. What would you like to drink? Mr. Conroy? Xavier? Xavier read her glance clearly. The look in those blue eyes was one with which he was quite familiar. Don't overreact, Siren. Being too exacting wastes time, and it only serves to make you angrier as the day wears on. This isn't level one correction, just an adult version of how I handled several of your cut-up sessions as a child. So just relax and go about your routine like any other day. Well... Neither of you answered me. What would you like to drink, Father? Mr. Conroy? Why don't you put the coffee in the carafe and bring it here? Yes, sir. 
I strongly advise you to keep what you just heard strictly to yourself, Mr. Conroy. Understood, sir. Breakfast was nearly a silent, though not unpleasant, meal, and as far as Trevor was concerned, it couldn't end soon enough. When they were finished, Siren cleared the table and tidied the kitchen while the men finished their coffee. When you leave here, you will take Siren to the infirmary to have the glass shard removed. From there, you will both go to the logistics sector for your regular shift. When she was finished in the kitchen, Siren went to her bedroom, where she got a pair of shoes from the closet. She went into the bathroom to retrieve her new mask, then continued into the living room. While waiting on Trevor, she sat down on the couch, then carefully put on the new mask. I'm ready when you are. Siren. Yes, sir? Remember, it's just another day. I will. I love you, Daddy. Daddy? Shut your mouth, Mr. Conroy. You'll draw flies. We better get going. As they headed for the elevator, Trevor shortened his stride to accommodate for Siren's slow hobble. However, as they reached the bank of elevators, he heard her gasp. Following her line of vision, he saw blood beginning to seep around the shard of glass protruding from the top of her foot. Without asking, he turned and literally swept her up in his arms just as the elevator arrived. Excuse us. Thank you. What are you doing? What does it look like? I'm carrying you. What level? Um, 12, please. Thank you. Put me down right now. Look, walking probably caused the shard to wiggle some, which started it bleeding. No need to aggravate it further till the doctor can take it out, so I'm carrying you. So unless you intend on making a scene, Miss Lothman, relax. It's a nice public place. Fine. Upon reaching the infirmary on the 12th level, Siren kept her eyes closed as Trevor carried her down the hall to the emergency unit entrance. What seems to be the problem? I've got a piece of glass in my foot. Your name, ma'am? Siren Lothaman. Just a moment while I pull up your record, Miss Lothaman. Here we go. Oh. Oh. Uh, Yes. Yes, I see. Uh, Let me page Dr. Hugan, and then I'll take you back to an examination room. Dr. Hugan, please report to the emergency unit, exam room four. All right. Now, sir, please bring Miss Lothman this way. Put her on the examination table. Okay, what's the emergency, Miss Henderson? Mr. Mr. Conroy? Siren, what are you doing here? Hi, Dr. Hugan. <laughs> I... I've got a piece of glass in my foot. Where's her chart, Miss Henderson? Here's her chart, Doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's have a look. Mr. Conroy, thank you again for your assistance. I'll wait in the other room. Trevor, please don't go. I... I have a feeling that I'm going to need someone to lean on. (laughs) 
I think my shoulder is strong enough to endure some leaning. Tell me when he's finished. You bet. Hey, he's finished. Okay, that's got it. Now I want you to stay off your foot for the next two days. No walking, period. Seeing as how you have your own private carrier service, that shouldn't be too difficult. What? Uh, oh, uh, no, no. Um, what I mean is, Dr. Hugan, couldn't I use a wheelchair? A wheelchair? Well, what I mean is, I, I, I don't want Trevor to hurt his back because of me. I don't think you need a wheelchair, Siren. Wheelchairs are for those who really need it. And trust me, Mr. Conroy's got a good, strong back. And arms. I've seen him at the gym a few times. Uh, 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 oh. Okay. Okay, Mr. Conroy, your package is wrapped and ready to deliver to... wherever she is bound. As Trevor came forward to pick her up again, Siren glanced up into his eyes even as she slid her arms around his neck. She listened closely to Dr. Hugan's instructions, then, as Trevor carried her out of the infirmary, rested her head on her arm and closed her eyes. Only when Trevor stopped did she open her eyes to see they were at the bank of elevators. Um, would you mind? Hmm? I'd push the call button, but, um, my hands are kind of full at the moment. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll, if you'll get a little closer, I'll... There. One elevator call button pushed. Ow. Oh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are, are you okay? Oh, it'll be f- fine. I I know you didn't do it on purpose. If you'll just turn a bit so I can reach the button. There. Got it? Got it. What I wouldn't give to be kissed by you again, Mr. Damn rotten timing. Good morning, Mr. McAllister. Oh, uh, good morning, uh, Miss Lotherman. I'm sure he's looking at us with his mouth hanging open. Uh, Miss Lotherman, uh, Trevor... Mr. Conroy is helping me to my desk, Mr. McAllister. But he will be at his desk in just a moment. Is there anything else, Mr. McAllister? Uh, no, no, I I guess not. Uh, I'll just, uh, I'll just get back to what I was doing. Good idea. what I'm doing. When my best friend came waltzing in here with you in his arms this morning, that's a whole lot more interesting. What the hell have you two been doing? Having managed to get Siren inside her office without bumping her injured foot against the doorframe, Trevor nudged the door shut with his foot. Walking her to the chair, he slowly lowered her legs so she could stand, then kept hold of her until he was sure that she could stand steady. Can you manage? Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. She began to turn away from him to get into her chair, 
But then Trevor's hand came up and his index finger caught her chin and turned her head back to him. As Siren gazed into his eyes, she felt herself melting inside. Trevor hesitated a second, then lightly brushed his lips over hers. When she didn't pull away, he deepened the kiss. Feeling Siren's full lips part slightly under his encouraged Trevor to slide his arms around her and hold her close against him. Trevor's kisses were taking Siren deeper into a trance, and when his hands roamed over her back then pulled her closer to him, Mm. she found that she didn't want to stop what she was feeling. (sighs) Trevor. Siren. Siren. You have been listening to Quantum Retribution, episode 110, Three Degrees of Intent, part two. Featured in this episode were David Alt as narrator, Rich Matheson as Xavier, Darren Marlar as Alan McAllister, MJ Cogburn as Siren Lothaman, Shane Harris as Trevor Conroy, Kim Giannopoulos as Deborah Henderson, and yours truly as Peter Hugin. Quantum Retribution is written and produced by M.J. Cogburn and C.E. Krawiak. Our artist is James Leeper. The music can be downloaded at sounddogs.com. Other music was performed by Kevin McLeod and Kai Hartwig. This is Seth Adamsher. This has been a Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at darkerprojects.com. Thanks for listening.